Welcome to iRock City. This is The Rocket, and we have a special guest. But before that, let's go to the K9 from Toronto. Imran, how's it going? Hey, hey, what's going on, man? How are you? How's everything? Yeah, everything is good. Everything's good. Just enjoying the summer here in London. Yeah, all good here as well. Uh, how do I say this? Kumbawa, uh, good evening. Salam alaikum for all your audience. Yes, all is well. It's uh, 10 p.m. out here in, in Japan. Kind of sleepy, but uh, stuck with you guys, so... Rock and yeah. roll, baby. Welcome back, Atif. Hey, Happy thank you. you man. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. You know, Atif, we were going to give you an introduction, but, you know. It's okay. You know what? Just, it's okay. Um, it's, it's been a long day, all right? It's just... <laughs> he's already been on. He's, he's part of the show already. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right. So, so, so what's, on the, what's on the menu today? Oh, yeah. We'll be uh, talking about Metallica's Bob Rock era. Uh, but before that, I just wanted to go around and just check what everyone's been listening to uh, in the last few weeks, if that's cool. Go ahead, man. Yeah. Uh, um, I'll, you want to start? With, okay, let's start with K9 there. Uh, I'll, um, I'll end it. Yeah, so basically um, for the last few days, I haven't been listening to a lot of music. Uh, just here and there, just two uh, two artists. Um, Odyssey is a rapper, a uh, Sudanese guy, Sudanese-American. Uh, uh-huh. out of New York City and Run the Jewels, the new album. So those are the two things primarily. Mostly it's just been podcasts. I've been listening to more podcasts by um, um, Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin has a really fantastic podcast. Nice. Oh, I know it. I know it. I think I caught one episode with Tom Petty. Uh, yes, yes. About, about Tom Petty, sorry. Not, not exactly, yeah. So uh, I was just using it for influence. Like, you know, let's uh, let's go find something, uh, you know, like a jewel in um, in terms of rock and roll. So if I found something, I'll go check it out. So yeah, just basically those those two things. Um, awesome, uh, awesome. Yeah, we uh, you know listening to Metallica. Like uh, now, I think I'm ready to listen to more stuff. So next time when we get on the podcast, I'll have more more music to share. For sure, for sure. Uh, let's go to Atif. Atif, what have you been listening to? All right, few things. Uh, Alter Bridge. Okay. 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 The old stuff, you know, uh, not okay. not the black the Blackbird album. And uh, also been listening to uh, Kias or Kias. I don't know how you pronounce it. Kias. Kias, yeah. Yep. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. And another band called Truck Fighters. Okay. And another band called Thousand Mods. They're, they're, they're kind of similar. They're kind of like the uh, stoner, stoner rock genre. And out of nowhere and for no reason at all, I'm listening to The Weeknd. Okay. Which is not rock and roll. But no. uh, yeah. he's kind of cute, so you know. <laughs> I, like, I like his voice. Yeah. So, um, um, you know, if you don't mind, uh, I just want to interject. Actually, you know what? Let Ahmed do, it, and then I'll uh, interject with the uh, Atif. Uh, go ahead, Ahmed. Oh yeah, for me, it's just been Beatles, Tools, and Alice in Chains. Just those three. Nice. Um, a little bit of Sto- Stone Temple Pilots once again. Right. Um, but yeah, that's cool. Okay. cool. Nice. Yeah. Um. So Ahmed, I'll ask you first. Uh, what albums from um? Alice in Chains have you been listening to? Uh, Dirt. Uh, Dirt is the mm. main one. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and um, aside from that, just going through you know a few tracks here and there. I had Jar of Flies when I was younger. Okay. Um, but uh, that didn't hit me as hard as Dirt. Dirt was a lot better, I think. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, with Tool, just uh, not albums, but just 
any because I'm very very new to Tool. I'm just checking out right. anything they do. Um, so Sobers and stuff like that, uh, and they're really good too. And the Beatles obviously is just Beatles, <laughs> all their albums. Yeah, you a big Beatles fan, eh? I love the Beatles, man, big time. Yeah, big time. It's all good. It's all so, good. They're not bad. You know. Bad. Okay, so Atif, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna ask you a few questions because um, these are from some fascinating band choices that you had. Um, so now, Altered Bridge. Uh, this is uh, uh, Miles Kennedy's the lead singer. Yes. Okay. With Trem- Tremonti in this particular album. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So the guitar, is, the band is from Creed. It's the it's the Creed band with Miles Kennedy as a singer, right? Essentially, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, now compared to Creed, there, how would you uh, rate them? Well, here's the thing, right? I mean, Tremonti, the the guitar guy. I mean, he has his own style. It's not gonna change. No, you know, it's not like when Miles is playing with Slash. Slash is playing like Headfield. No. He's going to be him, right? Okay. So, uh, but Miles, he brings his own vibe. His mm-hmm. songwriting, his his approach to, you know, what he's trying to get across. And that's what's really different. Okay. Right. And that kind of groove uh, kind of alters the Creed groove. Creed, the Creed groove was more, it was more like that, you know? <laughs> you know yeah. This right. is more of a flow, right? And because mm. I think Miles Kennedy had a jazz background, if I remember correctly. Okay. Yeah. So... So he brings that kind of, uh, how do I say it, sensibility to mm-hmm. their sound. So that's that's what's different about it. Right. Now, and then moving on to Caius, which was the precursor to Queens of the Stone Age, correct? Yep. Right. So, uh, and was Josh Holm the lead singer in Caius, or he's just playing lead guitar? Ooh, good question. I don't think he's singing. Could be playing okay, guitar. Not, yeah, I like think he was singing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think with Caius, I recall, if I recall correctly, Bjorn something is there. Singer, yeah, right? it doesn't sound like the uh, Queens of the Stone Age a singer at no, all. No, at all, at all, at all. But yeah, it's the uh, I haven't heard of uh, Trucker Fighter or One Thousand Mod, and you had mentioned this is like within the vein of uh, Stoner Rock, right? That's it. Okay. Get high, bro. Oh. No, no, <laughs> yeah. don't get high. I'm just you know. Uh, anyway, you got oh, sorry. Um, yeah. So, like, uh, I, if I recall correct, there was one band I remember. Their name was Fu Manchu. That yeah. came about at the same time. So that kind, that vein, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like very slow, long, groovy. Mm-hmm. You know, it stretches out. The one song is like everything stretches out. It's slow and very heavy on the distortion. Like you know, the yes. preamp cranked up. So almost like a fuzz, fuzz sound. You know. That's yeah. what they're going for. There's another term I forget what because I think musicians know it. Like they tune it down. Uh, yeah, uh, down. Uh, yeah, down. Uh, down tuning the guitar, maybe a half step okay. or a whole step, depending on okay. the guy's voice, singer's voice. Yeah. Okay. And because both you and Ahmed are guitarists, um, when you down tune it, so the sound becomes more heavier. Is that a little bit heavier? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's why you get that slog, cool that, sound, right? Yeah, but that that would be uh, what you're describing is a uh, like like uh, super down tune. It's like a detuned. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. Of yeah, drop half D. Step, half yeah. step is just one fret, 
up or down. So like something like Jimi Hendrix, for example, mm -hmm. is is a half half step down because his voice is a little bit heavier. He can't sing okay. uh, in normal tuning, just a half step down. Uh, I think same goes for maybe Axl Rose and many, many others. So it's a long list. So not a yeah. lot of guys can sing in the standard guitar tuning. I don't know why, but it seems to be seems to be the case. I think it's easier to perform live when it's slightly uh, down-tuned because uh, you can relax your vocals. And yeah, maybe that's why. Oh, okay. well, interesting. interesting. Oh, very interesting. Yeah, thanks for providing that insight. Yes, think, yes. Uh, you're welcome. Yeah. Five bucks, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so that's interesting. Um, Ahmed, uh, old, you mentioned old school Beatles, right? That's where you're... I think that when I talked to you one-on-one, -on -one, I think you were saying you a lot more older stuff. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I saw the film yesterday. I don't know if you guys have seen it. So it's just a funny saw yesterday film. myself. Yesterday, uh, yeah. Yesterday. I mean, it's not it's not an amazing film, but the music the music kind of came back to me. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, I was listening to uh, the kind of first albums, first few albums again. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I was just learning. I want to hold your hand, and I did learn it. So nice. Just um, yeah, yeah. The, I just love the Beatles. <laughs> in the in the movie yesterday, right? Of yeah. of all the Beatles songs, which song really uh, stood out to you? Uh, I would say I want to hold your hand because really? I always liked it, but I have a different feel for it now. I appreciate the uh, the melody of it, and it just works. I don't know. It just works. And, uh, you know, I was playing at my parents' house. My dad recognized it straight away, uh, and then he went into his stories. You know, my grandfather used to have Beatles records, and he remembers that song, and he was, like, singing along. So it was kind of cool, a little family connection there. Yeah, so that's me, why I like it because right. it reminds me of my grandfather. No, that's, that's fine. That's cool as perfectly legit for me the song that really like stood out in the movie was here comes the sun i was like wow man, this song is really really nice like even oh even, yeah, even, yeah even in our you know 2020 2019 this is a nice yeah song. that's you know? I, I think that's their best song arguably yeah it was, it was nice and the second one was uh yesterday when he was performing it at the beach oh yeah yes yeah, that guy can sing too that was pretty yeah impressive. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I was like, wow man this guy can sing Okay. Yeah, yeah. We, he, he was in EastEnders, which is a soap. I, I know. Soap. It's, don't go there. Yeah. I lived in England. It's okay. Every time. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. On, I yeah, I flipped it. I wanted to well, do he that. Was, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, he played a Muslim guy, Tanvir yeah, yeah. or Bush somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So that was quite was funny it, seeing him growing up. Is, is he the dude where the brick flew through the window? Is he is he in those episodes? Somebody broke uh, through a brick in the uh, house? I think so he was like a house. teenager that might have been different he was a teenager at the time it's like early 2000s mm. um and he had glasses so I'm not sure because I haven't I'm not a huge EastEnders fan yeah, yeah, yeah. I had East periods where I watched it periods Listen. right right there's EastEnders and there's another one from Australia which I automatically oh, skipped Naibas, mate. Naibas. <laughs> yeah Naibas yeah well, goodbye yeah. you know like all right <laughs> yeah. you're done flip that channel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Change, channel change. Okay. <laughs> yeah, as soon as uh, possible. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, those two are like EastEnders. I, I, the reason I didn't watch it because it, every time it started out, it was so serious. Okay? Yeah. And you're, and you're like, you need, like that. man, you're like 2021. 20, you're like, dude, man. No, 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 no. I need something uplifting. <laughs> you know, this, 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 yeah, this yeah. is too real. You gotta yeah, yeah. It is too great. I don't even live in the East End. So, I don't even care. Yeah. So, flip it, <laughs> yeah. you know? So, it was like yeah. that. All right. Should we jump into Metallica? What do you think, guys? Please, let's do this. 
All right. Uh, okay. Uh, so the first album we're talking about is the Bob Rock era Metallica, yeah. self-titled, also known as the Black Album. 1991, Electra Records, uh, recorded in L.A. Um, yeah, Imran, do you wanna do you wanna start off with your thoughts or that? Um, so I'll start off with the preface of this entire podcast. Um, I had to set aside my feelings first of all, and um, we have to look at who Bob Rock is. Um, Bob Rock is a Metallica wanted to make money, right? And there's no harm in making money. This is your life. You're allowed to make whatever money you want to make. You can do whatever you want to do. This is your life. And Bob Rock was brought in generally to give a more um, accessible sound. And he achieved that. So, and... And I always say that when we get on this podcast, it's not a podcast where we poo-poo all over anyone's work. Metallica worked hard. Bob Rock worked hard. Um, and I think it shows on all the albums. Yeah, they're very accessible. They're, they're very commercial. And it doesn't, um, it doesn't mean that there was effort put in. It doesn't mean that hard work was put in. And it doesn't mean that there was lack of creativity. So that being said, uh, it was majority of the Metallica, the black album for me is always going to be special. It'll always be the best, one of the best albums I've ever listened to. Mm. Um, but the other albums, you know, it's easy to dismiss them. Um, <clears throat> if you just go with the collective conscious of uh, how people were behaving towards those albums. And I think that does it some injustice. So going back, you know, you can't have master of the puppets. You can't do ride the lightning over and over and over again, because then you would just be Megadeth, and um, Megadeth mm. has sold significantly less albums than Metallica. That being said, um, it was generally speaking, it was a, it was a, it was a very, uh, it was a, it wasn't a bad listen. It was actually pretty entertaining. So I'll start off with my first thoughts on the first Metallica. This is the gateway drug, and. Um, I had Atif's copy and it wasn't even Atif's original <laughs> well, cassette. Yeah. So I yeah. copied his copy <laughs> and that's it. And uh, it's, it's, I listen to it every so often that album, this album, I cannot like, it's so beautifully done. Production was just precise. Metallica was at the right stages of wanting to break through and, you know, get that sound. Um, they were, um, they were more accessible at that time than I would say Soundgarden mm -hmm. uh, only because these were, you know, harder, faster riffs. So for that reason, yeah. Um, the standout tracks for me was definitely Sad But True, um, uh, Inter Sandman, just Inter Sandman to this day, man, when I'm driving, like, I think my, uh, my kilometers per hour and for our American fans, miles per uh, miles per hour, miles per gallon or whatever miles per hour, it starts to inch up higher and higher. And I drive an old school Honda CRV. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you tend to hit uh, punching bags harder. You tend to squat more, but yes, this, that riff yeah, yeah. is absolutely amazing. Amazing. Yeah. 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 It's the only riff cool. that Kirk Hammett ever wrote. Did you know that? Ah, I didn't yeah. know that. Really? Yeah, he he, wow. he wrote it at two a.m. He was just like he couldn't sleep after some gig <laughs> or something, and he was just like uh, you know playing around with his guitar or whatever, and he came up with that riff. And uh, so simple too. 
Yeah, yeah but and it wasn't like that. It was longer. Uh, the night river was like so then uh, Ulrich says you're gonna have to cut that so it's like and then go back to like that right so and that's it okay then that's the only riff he wrote he wrote he wrote that part in the in creeping death you know the part you know when they go die by my hands that that the music for that that was Kirk Hammett essentially those two Pieces and the rest has uh, always been, you know, Hetfield and uh, uh, Ulrich. Ulrich, yeah. Do you, have, uh, do you have a complete control as to how production oh, yeah. is done? Especially in, in that era, uh, you know, the 90s. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, no outsider, no nothing, no Bob Rock, just those two guys. Everybody else can go to hell. It was that kind of attitude. They didn't, they didn't like Bob Rock in the beginning at all. This is, this is like I... Uh, I watched some documentaries later. They didn't like uh, Bob Rock for a long time, okay? Because because they didn't trust this guy, all right? Because the first time they met Bob Rock, he's like, "What you do on stage, you don't capture in your uh, on your albums." And they're like, "Who the fuck is this guy? You know, what does he know about metal?" Right? Yeah. So, so what he wanted was uh, the essence of met- uh, the stage, the live Metallica in their albums. And uh, one of the things he wanted, um, Headfield was to be somehow open up more lyrically, not just talk about plagues and, uh, you know, leper messiahs and all that, but like be mm-hmm. more, you know, the the inner inner feelings and how, how we can get that out, how we can channel that in metal. So that, that was one of the challenges, more challenges too, than the sound to the sound engineering and all that. But what to write was a bit of a challenge and getting this guy to open up uh, Headfield was also... yes challenging because they didn't trust this guy bob rock in, in the first place because hmm. he produced bon jovi and other yes. hair bands and whatnot right so there's that stigma put it that way hmm. um out of uh, just uh, out of um, curiosity do you recall the uh, name of that uh documentary the the first documentary where they were showing the production of black album by any chance no, I don't I've know the name. On you- I've seen on it. YouTube. Yeah, yeah I've seen, seen clips it. of it on YouTube, but I don't yeah. know the name of it. Yeah, when it gives a Kirk Hamlet a hard time about the solo for... Uh, was it yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Unforgiven, Unforgiven. Unforgiven, yeah. Do it again, do it again, or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 I don't remember it, but I've seen it. I saw it in Saudi Arabia, all scratched up and everything, too. It's like it runs <laughs> for like a second, and it goes... <laughs> <laughs> and then it, and some some Indian song jumps in and then it goes back to you know oh, like, like no. yeah some, something like that was all like mixed up recording I saw it like that so I had to like defragment oh, no. <laughs> everything and you know put it together in my head much many years later I saw it on YouTube so yeah those are the days you know it, was, it wasn't so easy for all those uh, the listeners out there that y'all living in Canada England whatever man if you lived in Saudi Arabia it was not so easy. To put the pieces together, you take that no, stuff for granted for 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 sure. Yeah. Uh, Russell, did you feel uncomfortable watching it? Because I definitely felt uncomfortable watching. Why it. you feel it uncomfortable, man? Uh, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because the tension. There was like so much tension in that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt I felt Kirk Hamlet was getting bullied a little bit. I definitely felt that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he's, yeah, he's a bit of a yeah. nice guy. Soft guy. He, he he's one of those yeah, guys. He's who, not alpha. He's not alpha male type guy. No, no, no. He, so yeah, but hey, look at the results, ain't it? This is how it's done, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. 
without the yeah. tension, there cannot be uh, a proper progress. You, you got you got to have that tension so you can go through, you know, push through the boundaries. Otherwise, you're just gonna be in your little box. <clears throat> that goes for life too, in general. So you got you got to have that yeah. friction at least. And yeah, I guess Bob Rock is good at that, good, pu- pushing the r- buttons at the right time. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. That's my take on it. Because he's a bit of a uh, workaholic. Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah. Again, you can't take that away from him. You cannot take any of this away from him. You know, I mean, the popular consensus. Yeah, Go I know. On, but sorry. that's the thing. You see, um, if you bring in Rick Rubin, right, he will bring his work ethic, his opinions, his style. And... Mm-hmm. And, you know, Metallica will sound like Metallica, but engineered with Rick Rubin. You can hear his touches in there, you know. And that's one of the reasons you 2 the band U2, do not want to work with Rick Rubin because Rick Rubin runs things like clockwork. And U2 does not run things like clockwork. When an idea comes, they work on it, put it aside, put it on the back burner, come back a few months later. Rick Rubin can't do any of that stuff. It has to be on time, Mm -hmm. precision, precision, precision precise so so that's one of the reasons they don't work together it, it will never work the chemistry you yeah know? yeah that's absolutely true uh and you know what actually rasul i didn't i don't think we got to hear your favorite standout tracks from this uh, from the black album uh yeah sad but true holier than thou unforgiven wherever i may roam nothing else matters i think that covers it enter simon of course <laughs> right. and my favorite one is my friend of misery wow that's a it's a deep dive into the album. Yeah, that's oh, deep yeah. Cut. Love that one. <laughs> nice and deep and dark and heavy. Oh, yeah. That's that's the gem, you know, uh, the one yeah. that people miss right uh, right there. Uh, you know, Atif, I want to ask you this, and Ahmed, you as well. Did you feel that this album was like the gateway for a lot of people, especially from our generation, into heavy metal music? I would say yes. Mm, good question. 50-50. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, I was listening to metal before, mm-hmm. before this. Like, for example, Iron Maiden. Okay, and uh, well, not really metal, but Skid Row. You know, mm-hmm. but and other metal bands. But like this one was like, oh wow, metal's more accessible now. Metal's cool. This sounds incredible. It's like this new thing, new sound. Maybe right. sure, yeah. I would agree. I th- for me, it was definitely a, a gateway drug into hard music. I think. Uh, and I wasn't listening to Maiden or anything like that. I think prior, I think I was listening to GNR at the same time and Def Leppard at the same time. And um, I would say, that, um, you know, GNR, there's like a lot of elements of 70s rock in there. For Atif, it was, he was already listening to a lot of heavier music. And as I was explaining that, um, for me, it was definitely the gateway to heavier music. It, was, it made it easier and simpler. And then once you were warmed up to the idea of heavier music, you can move forward with it. So yeah, definitely for this band, for sure. Yeah, it had musicality. I yes. think that's the word I'm looking for. Because mm-hmm. I was listening to Motorhead before. Mm. Uh, and it was like... This is basically like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and this, this, this was a little bit more musical, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and I was like, and it's not super fast, okay? And not super slow. Yes. Uh, not like not like some of the it, it's it kind of reminds me of uh Black Sabbath Dio era. Now looking back at it, but okay. way way more heavier, more metal. Mm-hmm. Like each each note 
because I think he uh, I think he uh, recorded each track or dubbed each track four times. Uh, James Headfield, right? So he made the guitar really, really heavy, right? So, mm. but it it has it has that uh, element of uh, Iomi in right. Black Sabbath with uh, with Dio as the singer around that era, to me. Right. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't heard that era of uh, Black Sabbath, but uh, now that you mentioned it, something to check out. Please, five dollars. Uh, you're gonna be. I'm gonna make a lot of money today. This. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah by the end of this, yeah. <laughs> I'm a rich man walking out. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. Um, Ahmed, do you, you want to move on to uh, Load? Yeah, so Load was uh, recorded in 1996, um, again with Elektra, again with Bob Rock, again recorded in L.A. So, uh, yeah, I mean, personally, I wasn't a big fan of this album. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll, I want to get you guys' thoughts. A um, couple of songs I liked, Until It Sleeps, King Nothing, and Low Man's Lyric. But, um, yeah, Imran, why don't you start off with your thoughts? Okay. Um, <clears throat> if you if you listen to Load... Um, without knowing anything about Metallica, nothing, nothing at all. Um, it's, it's actually a very decent album. It's actually a very decent album. Lyrically, you know, um, I remember people were making like, oh, Metallica, you know, is trying to sound like grunge. And, um, <clears throat> you know, to call them Alice in Chains and Soundgarden Light, I think it's uh, intellectual dishonesty. Because they're not. It's it's a different kind of vibe. It's a different kind of thing. I think James Hetfield is experimenting with lyrics, and I think the, that in itself it should be applauded. I don't think it's a good effort. A for effort, I would say. Um, the the it, as a as an entire album, um, I found it extremely accessible, and that's not bad. That's not a bad thing. That means it's like anybody can pick it up and say, "Wow, that's not a bad record. That's a pretty good record." So for me, that's the thing. Like I, I remember I was in high school when this album came out. Uh, in fact, it was the last Metallica album to come out when I was in Saudi Arabia. Um, it created, uh, it didn't create as much of a stir in Saudi Arabia that it did with the Black album. You know, this is like pretty much like the first time I ever heard the album from its entirety, front to back, and that was yesterday. Like before that, I'd only heard a few, few singles, and then I would stop it halfway. I'm like, ah, I want rather listen to something else. Um, so, that being said, um, there's a couple of standout tracks that I really like. Um, you know, like "Until It Sleeps," "Ate My Bitch," uh, "The House That Jack Built," "King Nothing." But, and as I mentioned before, that I will not that we don't poo poo st- on people's efforts and albums, right? But I will poo poo over here. And that's Hero of the Day. This expletive, 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 expletive song. You know, you make Seek and Destroy and you come up with this. This, this, yeah. you know, <laughs> this garbage, this garbage. This is, this is exactly like what, like I, I, to this day, I cannot listen to this song without getting angry. Because I know what they're capable of doing and this is what they gave me. And it's, you know, the worst part about this song is that it's a cash grab. I don't care, man. Like, if you want to make money, go ahead and make money. But don't make it this, you know, uh, this obvious. Yeah, I, I never liked that song. I was just a skip because, uh, you know, whatever, yeah. man. It's, it's, just, it's, just, it's not metallic. It's like a lame start. And uh, I don't know what he's going on about. Just please skip. 
but yeah, I do agree with the uh, with what Ahmed's saying. Some of the songs I like um, was it the house that Jack built until it sleeps, mm-hmm. King Nothing, Bleeding Me, uh, Mama said I really like Mama said because uh, it's, it's oh, about yeah. his own it's about his own mother in in a way mm-hmm. it's, it's very touching. Uh, Ronnie, the Thorn Within, yeah, you know, diff they're different. They're they're you know what you know again he's trying to go into that Sabbath kind of zone, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, unsuccessfully. In my opinion, uh, trying to trying to get into the trying to capture that Iomi vibe. Mm-hmm. Looking back at it, right? Then I I wasn't so smart, so I was like, oh yeah, it sounds good. Ooh, it's different, yeah. But it's it's trying to get, he's trying to get those vibes, but it's in that in that it's a hit and miss. It sounds more like Metallica than it does mm-hmm. Iomi. But e- even even then, some songs I feel could could have been done a little bit more. A little bit better. They just basic, as Ulrich puts it, stock, you know, stock chords and stock uh, melodies, right? A little bit mm-hmm. more, but it's not a bad album. It's different. It's definitely different, especially for a metal band. Yeah, I want to go band, back yeah. to um, what you said. That was the most interesting thing, and if probably if you could probably explain to our audience what does it mean by stock melodies and stock. Um, what was it riff? I forget. Yeah, riffs. Just the generic stuff you hear, man. Like, uh, it's hard to explain, really. But like the stuff you hear on the radio, you know, like just just the stock stuff. Da 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 da. You know, like it's, it's not. It's not. Is is not. There's no internalization in that. It's just the stock stuff. Kind of kind of like what punk punk music. You know, like the three chord. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, you know, like the pistols. Essentially, is the same kind of stock stuff, right? So some of some of that I felt was like that. Other songs was completely. It's like wow, this is this is different. Like Mama said, was not stock at all. Uh, King Nothing was approached slightly different. So one of the reasons I like that uh, ain't ain't my bitch. The you know the starting song that is purely blues rock stock, and he just he just made it heavier. But it's, it sounds like a blues song. I think it was two by four. Sorry, two by four, not two ain't by my four. Bitch, two by four. Yeah, sorry yeah. about that. This uh, song number two, track number two, yeah, it's like a blues song, but he just made it really, really heavy. Okay, so I know what they're trying to do, but uh, I don't know, B minus for effort in terms of tone, mm. slight, slight miss. And as you had mentioned that you know there was a slight miss. I here's the thing that if you go back and listen to Load, mm. you will see that they wrote an entire play-by-play book for future bands that were going to make albums in the late 90s to early O's. Like, this is how you... And for a lot of metal bands, this is exactly what they did. Yeah, well, that's what they're going to do anyway. They're going to look at uh, guys who are before them, people that they like, and just Mm -hmm. emulate what they did so they can be successful too, you know, uh, make things easier for them. But if you go a little bit further back, it's what I'm trying to say it, Say is uh, musically, tone wise, some of that stuff has already been done uh, yes. in the seventies and eighties. So go to those guys, and those guys did it really well too. Especially Iomi, uh, Tony Iomi from Black mm-hmm. Sabbath, right? Really, yeah. really well. So have a listen, and you'll be like, "Man, this is pretty good." Actually, this guy's pretty good, Iomi. Right. So, so that's that. So what? As I've grown older, I started going further and further back, you know, and mm-hmm. listening to some of these older cats, and they're pretty good. It's yeah. all there. 
Yeah. And, and I'm not dismissing that part. I'm saying that in terms of like, um, sonically, it was a song, it was a sound that was emulated that I heard a lot on radio. Like you can look at bands like, um, you know, Theory of a Dead Man, Thrice, uh, is it Thrice or Three Days, whatever, you know, just, I want to yeah, call yeah, yeah. Uh, Three Doors Down, like just terrible, you know, a very uh, commercial, commercial stuff. They were just copying load and reload, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where are they now? The show they're they're not around. Some of yeah. them, but bands like Linkin Park, for example, who who are huge fans of Metallica, mm-hmm. right? But are doing their own thing. Yes. Okay. So there is there is that metal rock influence in their music, but Linkin Park is Linkin Park, right? And mm-hmm. you know, they they are you know uh, an international act and one you know very well known band. And with good songs, right? Because because they do their own thing as well. It's like yeah. uh, what's that guy's name from Red Hot Chili Peppers, the the guitar guitar player Frusciante. John Frusciante. Frusciante. Yeah. John. I mean this this guy worships Hendrix. Okay, and and if you listen to Hendrix, and you listen to Frusciante, I can't even pronounce his name. Frusciante. Yeah. 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 Uh, you will find immense similarities, yet. They're two different people. Hmm. He has his own thing. He, ha- he he has his own language. Both of them actually. Jimmy has his own language, and so does this guy, right? Hmm. But the, but the core the core material is the same thing, but it's in two different directions. Even even if I think if Hendrix was alive, he'd be like, man, this guy can play. This this cat can boogie. You know? Yeah. I like him. He he would like him too. I like I I think so. This is so well done. Yeah. Um. You know, as a side note, uh, if you, you know, and I agree 100% with Atif, like, um, if you really want to check out John Frusciante's, uh, you know, style and just like, I think where he was really let loose was, I think, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers 2003 album, By The Way, is that the name of the name, uh, name of the album? Yeah, By The Way, By The Way. Yeah, By The Way, yeah. Which is such a beautiful album and... I think it's beautiful because of Frashanti. And um Yes, yeah, yeah. The funny thing was I recalled that he was he was he was, at that time he was listening to a lot of Beatles. Okay. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. A lot makes of melody sense. in the album. Yeah, Zephyr song mm-hmm. especially. Yeah, I, I, if I get a chance I'm definitely going to check out his uh, solo albums. So, you know, the, I heard they're pretty decent, they're pretty cool. So, yeah, thanks for that little segue, Atif. So, um you're welcome. Five bucks. How are we doing so far? <laughs> Gonna be rich 15. tonight, baby. Yeah. You got 15 bucks so far. 15 bucks. Keep, keep going. Keep 15 bucks. You can buy a graphic later. novel by the end of it. Yeah, man. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Get one for free. Yeah. <laughs> That's true, man. You guys get like... Uh, I think it's just, just the way it's uh, printed in the United States because, you know, they have to... In Canada as well, they have to like, you know... Uh, um, translate it so the translation costs and all that kind of other whatever I'm not sure but that's probably why they cost so much probably cool. probably probably yeah. should we uh, move on to Reload yeah 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 reload. let's go to Reload uh, so Reload was 1997 again still with Electro Records um, I actually like this a lot better than Load and mm-hmm. I love Fuel uh, especially that riff mm-hmm. um, Memory Remains Unforgiven too but yeah overall I thought it was a lot better than Load personally uh, especially with fuel and uh, yeah, I like uh, Imran. 
Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go to. Let's go to Imran. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. We can go to Atif or whoever I, wants to go. <laughs> yeah, I like. I, I like the two, but for the exact opposite reason, because it was dark. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't pop. Yeah. It wasn't commercial. Yeah. It was just. It was like a metal project. It was something. Yeah. Dark and nobody would care about it, but but the guy who it's for the musician, mm. you know, the, the guy who who's looking for musical inspiration, trying to, you know, I don't know, hone his craft. Th- mm-hmm. This is the album, but for the radio, no, this is not the album. I'm going to add. That's that, how I felt. Yeah, I generally like uh, like Ahmed. I loved Fuel. Fuel was like yeah. And um, going forward, um, and I'm going to have to agree with Atif on this as well, that the album actually sounded uh, cohesive, right? Like from beginning mm. to end. And now that you mentioned it, that there was a darker theme to it, now it makes sense. Because I remember listening to the album and, you know, some people like going back, the criticism, oh, it all sounds the same is, is it's again, it's you're not, it's, it's you're being dishonest because, or you're not paying attention because it's not all the same. What it is, is is that it's a theme. There's a theme going on in all the songs. There is a sound that's going on and they try to keep, you know, expanding on. And it's something that we don't hear in music as much anymore. Um, Everything's about a hit single. These uh, days, especially since YouTube and Spotify mm -hmm. and all that, it's just about that one single, boom, hit. Okay, that's it. You know, so different era. Yeah, it's a different era, and um, I have to agree that this was a much superior album than um, Load. Um, I remember back when both albums were released, uh, this was, I'd already shifted to Canada. So when Reload was released, they had said that, um, you know, Load and Reload were supposed to be two albums, a double album. And uh, the unfortunate thing was that uh, they, it, the band didn't feel like it would be a good thing to put it out as two albums. It's better to have just each album by itself. And again, you know, like I never listened to Reload ever. This is like, besides Fuel, yesterday was the first time I had ever heard Reload from its, you know, beginning to end. And... I, I definitely felt like, oh, it's there's a theme going on in this album. And it's, it's actually pretty good. It's actually pretty good. Like the riffs and everything, just fantastic. Just really, really, really good stuff in there. Right. I like Bad Seed. It's one of my favorite songs, number eight. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad Seed. Nice riff, man. Nice fat metal blues riff. Very cool. It's like a metal blues fusion going yeah, on. Right. Very nice. There's a lot of good yeah, riffs in there. Uh, yeah. It was like a guitarist album too, I think. You know, yeah, that's, that's one of the reasons I like it. Because like yeah, it nobody sense. talks about it. And a lot, lot of the golden, a lot of the nuggets are in that album. For, mm-hmm. you, know, uh, you know, like I said, honing your craft or if, you, if you're into, if you want to create like a slow, mellow rock or hard rock sound or a metal sound, listen to this album. Yeah. And it's so, um, I, and this is again, this is uh, the genius of Bob Rock. He kind of tapped in to, you know, an accessible sound. You know, I think, um, and what it means by accessible is that sometimes we all grow up with standard blues riffs, right? Those are right in every rock and roll song. Mm-hmm. And when you hear those blues riffs, you, it goes back to a sense of familiarity. Once you go into familiarity, then you can say, oh, it's an enjoyable song. It's not a challenging song. 
but it is an enjoyable song. Um, right, that right. being said, I think this was the genius of Bob Rock is trying to find that element. And that's, you, you can't take that away from Bob Rock, number one. And number two, despite making an accessible sound, he also made a cohesive album. This may be Bob Rock's best album that he ever produced. Better um, than the one know, after I, this one. Uh, I'd go for the Black Album. It's better you than go, this. Well, but. Black Album, yeah, yeah. This, this is more of a commercial sound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what I meant in I terms mean, of that... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I don't... Well, when they did it, I don't think they were really aiming that, oh, okay, we're going to make an album like this. Oh, and it's going to be a big hit on the radio. And you're going to mm-hmm. become the biggest metal band in the world. I don't think they knew any of that. They're just no. like, okay, this is what we have in our heads. This is the kind of sound in my in my head, and I want to discuss it with you. All right, let's see what we can do. Let's try this. Let's try that. And okay, this sounds cool. Let's roll with it. And boom, yeah. turned out to be a success, bigger than they imagined. Yes, uh, yes, and that's and that I think that's I think that was that's what I you know that's why Black Album is what it is. What I meant in terms of that was that there is a sense of direction with Reload. So when you have a sense of direction and they're not experimenting, you know all the players, you know what they're capable of doing and what they're not capable of doing. Given that in, you know, it's not it's not a sense of magic that Black Album has. This is just a formulaic thing. So if you right. have a formula, in terms of formula, then it becomes the best album that he's ever like he had a clear everybody in that in that room, you can tell. Had exa- they knew exactly where they're going with this album, with the black album, I'm not saying that they didn't know exactly where they're going, but they didn't know what was going to come out of it. Yeah, with this album, I think they knew what was going to come out of it. I don't know about L- Reload. Load maybe. I I just felt that Reload was more cohesive. And, and you know, yeah. we can have uh, hey, it's all good, it's all good because yeah. it's recorded differently too. On mm-hmm. uh, one one of the things on Load and Reload, especially on Load. Is the way the uh, the amps and the equipment is recorded, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's more natural. It's the way it sounds on the, on the, the black album. It's more processed. If you, I mean, I just, sorry, this is guitar talk, but anyway, no, no, it just sounds it sounds more natural, uh, especially on load. And like if if you were if you were to listen to a Mesa Boogie amp, that's what it sounds like, right? So, mm. but on on the black album. It's layered. This is like you know, tracked four times. It's really heavy. It's, it's, it's a different sound. So super processed mm. sound. Yeah, this is more laid back. It's more of a natural. You crank the amp, plug it into your guitar. Boom. That's how it's gonna sound. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Speaking of that, Garage Inc. had a lot of that, and we're gonna talk about that next. Yeah. Um, are we ready to move on or any other thoughts about Reload? I uh, just wanted to mention one thing before we do go on. The Unforgiven 2. This is the yeah. first time I've ever heard a part two of a song. And I remember distinctively there was some a friend of mine. Well, he wasn't a friend. He was just a classmate. And I was asking him, like, hey, what do you think? And he's like, this is the stupidest idea ever. Uh, again, Why? given that this yeah. was a teenager that was telling me. Yeah. <laughs> but they were not impressed with you know, that there is a song called The Unforgiven 2 who makes a part two out of a song. But that, you know, I, I just wanted to well, hear That's kind of cool, though. It's kind of it's new. It's fresh. It's yeah. new. It was fresh. I love it. I love it. It's fresh. Yeah. yeah. 
you, you, you tend to change your opinion to about the same guy has a different view now, you know, when he's older. Yeah. Imagine sure. he has the same view. No, this still sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, who knows? I who want knows? one unforgiving, not four. You know, it's still going on about that stuff. So. Yeah, there's yeah. unforgiven three. I'm sure he was happy yeah, about that. Yeah. Uh, but the third one was actually quite different. Uh, all right. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on to Garage Inc. 1998 covers album. Um, I I dug this quite a lot. Uh, you it's know, my favorite page. album. Yeah. Oh, Garage wow. Inc. I love this yeah. album yeah. because awesome. it's the essence of what Metallica is all about, especially yes. uh, the people the people that they like, right? And and the you know bands that they listen to growing up. And now you know where Metallica gets their sound. That's what I've been yes. talking about. Iomi and all that stuff, right? And if you listen to these bands, they sound the same, dude. And this is, so now we know, like the the bulk of the Metallica tone, where it comes from, and oh yeah, yeah, and the covers, are, Lizzie, yeah, yeah, you know, and the covers are pretty damn jar, good. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, whiskey in a jar was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Very, very good covers, man. Very well done. Very good, well done. Tight album, love it. Natural yeah. sound too, loose. Nothing super processed. Just plug it in, boom, ready to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, the other thing that I was going to add to that was like uh, this was uh, actually two al- two EPs that they had released in the eighties, right? If I'm yeah. And at that time when they released them, they were going on you know like if you could find them, and this was pre eBay. I think they were going for thousands of dollars for each EP when they had initially released them. So they's like, you know what? We'll just put them all together for the fan release it you know for fans that uh that really you know that were always trying to listen to those songs but could never get get them because they're too expensive now they're they're accessible yeah and also listening to die 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 my darling is really good after a breakup (laughs) (laughs) true 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 oh yeah that was a nice song die 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 yeah (laughs) don't utter another word you know whatever yeah yeah I'm like, dude, man, chill out, man. It's not But there's a lot of cool songs on that album, man. A lot of cool songs. And again, uh, some of the guys they covered, uh, and, and you, you just wonder, like, the, their heroes were doing this stuff in the 70s. So, yeah. So, yeah and like, what level of thinking were those guys on? You know, like some other next level stuff, mm-hmm. man. So yeah, I, was, yeah. I was blown away, blown away. Yeah. Really, really cool stuff. Yeah. I mean, for me, it really introduced me to Thin Lizzy because after that, I got the Thin Lizzy's greatest hit straight away. It was like Whiskey in the Jar. Yeah. And, right. Uh, you know, then I was like, oh, these are the guys who did Boys Are Back in Town. And Right, um, right, right. Merciful Fate is another uh, cool song. King Diamond. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was yeah, like, yeah, whoa, yeah. who is this yeah. guy, man? The guy's badass. Likes. Yeah. I likes. So I was, I was like, wow, this nice, is really nice. good. I couldn't nice, speak English nice. after that. It became, you know. <laughs> and also Diamond Head. I've seen Diamond Head live so long time ago. But uh, Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. I saw him in England. Some, yeah. some place called Milton Keynes. Never heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Milton Keynes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so I saw him in Milton Keynes, right? So uh, along it? with Metallica. Oh, so it was on the same bill back in the 90s. Right? Milton so, Keynes? I'm sorry. I just wanted to interject. Is that named after the renowned philosophers from England? Google. I, mean, I don't know. It's just it's a city. <laughs> oh, no, it's a, it's a okay. city. Okay. okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But it's a city, right? So, uh, so there was that. Am I evil? Diamond Head. 
and oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and some of the uh what's that band yeah uh lemmy yeah uh motorhead. motorhead that's it the motorhead songs damage case mm-hmm. uh love it and stone dead forever brilliant yeah, yeah so it was a great album uh, yeah i i have to absolutely agree um one of the things that i really loved about metallica was the marriage between um these british the new wave of british heavy metal and punk rock and um you know let's play these complex riffs hard and fast that's right and um yeah. i was so, oh yeah i was sold man i was super sold and but i hadn't heard these until much later in my 30s and what had happened was and and i feel terrible and i have to admit this that you know it was a popular thing to thrash uh, to thrash Metallica because I think they had uh, started to sue their fans via Napster, the tragedy that we're going to discuss later of Saint Anger, um, how they sold out, and you know they were and so on and so forth. But that whole thing worked out. Look where the uh, look where the music business is now. Yeah, everything yeah. is online. Thank you, online. thank you, Metallica. And, and I'll add to it that somebody had said to me, no, you know what? You need to go check out the first four albums. And I four did. Four albums of Metallica? Yeah. And yeah. I did. And this was when I was like 30, 31. And, man, you know, I'm, I'm a 30, 31-year-old 30, 30 guy starting to bald. My hair is starting to go gray. I'm like, yes, this is it. You know, this is – it's a sound that I think was what I was always looking for, and I found it. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that's, and that's exactly what Garage, I felt like Garage EP was, that it was like, uh, you know, let's play these complex songs harder and faster. Yeah, I mean, mm. when, when I first heard Kill Em All was uh, in Saudi, mm-hmm. Cesar. I mean, for your fans, the American school we went to, right? Uh, and uh, a lot of guys were skating, and they'd be playing this in the back. And they're skating and stuff, like, especially on the compounds which uh, I don't want to explain this whole concept of compounds. But anyway, but we used to go to the compounds and, you know, guys would play. And I was like, this is really, this is a great thrash album uh, in the background as dudes were skating. But I wasn't really into it. Well, what really opened my eyes was Master of Puppets. Yes. I was like, ooh, hello. This is nice. Yeah. What's this? Okay. And then I was like, Papa, Master of Puppets, no, that's not what happened. But anyway, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and after that, I heard Injustice for All. I'm like, this is interesting, man. They're like combining all these different elements, you know, and uh, and I think I think it was Injustice for All and Master of Puppets. Uh, they use a lot of uh, Spanish scales because mm-hmm. uh, when I was in college, the the guy living next to me my in my dorm, he was, uh, you know, one of those classical Spanish guitarist he's spanish he's from spain and uh, he was very good he used to perform right he used to like do like weekly gigs at some uh, spanish taverns and stuff like that so he used to play all these scales and this sounds very similar to the stuff metallica was using in master of puppets and justice Mm -hmm. for all so i'm like oh interesting nice fusion of thrash metal and you know classic scales uh classic eastern scales so yeah then i you know i know for me i noticed them I'm like, oh, okay, this, this is a band. This, you know, keep an eye on this band. And then the Black Album came out. I'm like, whoa, this is nothing like that stuff. This is something else. And yes, yeah, the rest is history. And then I met Imran, and here we are. 
<laughs> Don't forget the bootleg copy that I got from you. Ah, yes, that bootleg copy, man. You're making me uh, cry, man. You, 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 the, the homage you just, you just gave out on this in this interview, man, this is deep. Yeah. Bro, love. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, 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 true. <clears throat> All right. Should we uh, move on to St. Anger? St. Anger, wait. Let's go. St. Anger. Uh, yeah, 2003, last album with Bob Rock. And uh, I actually hate this album. I just like Yeah, Frantic. I have two words for this album. No, thank you. <laughs> All right, that's two out of three. Imran, your thoughts? So I actually wrote something about this. Oh, no. <laughs> I, can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait for oh, this. Oh, wait. Is it, is it that traumatizing? You had to write <laughs> You had to write notes on it. Keep a journal. Yeah. Okay, go on. Listen. One of the things that I always, you know, like I, I, I guess it's like subconscious thing where I feel like uh, I don't want to poo-poo on stuff. I don't think that's a nice thing to do. So I just go into a place where I always try to look for something positive. Okay. And um, unfortunately, that's there very, very good. You're a good boy. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, there's very <laughs> little positive. But I will Tell say, it. Okay. yeah. But I will say Mashallah. this. Yeah. Uh, the problem with this album was the circumstances that it was made in, you know. Uh, Most likely, the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, their old-time bassist, Jason uh, Newstead, had left. Um, the band was in complete crises. And the fact that it was a documentary that showed a band in crises, and that documentary, I still watch it. Like, I I love that documentary because it became yeah. a real-life spinal tap. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, kind of yeah. Monster, yeah. That would be some kind of monster, yeah. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I watch it for comedic relief because Achha. it's actually <laughs> we're not that cool. depraved. Wapni, yeah, yeah. back to your journal. You <laughs> done my ideas, James. Yeah, yeah. fuck you, it's fuck stock, you, man. It's yeah. stock. What do you want me to say, dude? It's stock. Exactly. <laughs> it is comedic. It's basically a bunch of millionaires that can't get along, and they're stunted emotionally, and this yeah. just hilarious it's the most funniest thing on earth it is i agree because it's Ulrich, Ulrich is pretty funny yeah what is oh, a yeah. painting done man is is it done <laughs> is it finished Sorry. yeah shoot down my ideas james yeah yeah it's um <laughs> and, you know the other thing is uh, the documentary definitely overshadowed the album yeah yeah so, i would agree with that yeah and so oh. i will i I'm so glad. Sorry. No, no, sorry. Although Saint Anger lyrically is a pretty good song. Mm-hmm. Well, Saint Anger, the, the, just the lyrics, man. Uh, it's um, pretty. No, I like. I like. That I like song. pretty good. I, a lot I, of I, anger I, in that song. No, I agree. The only one aspect of that lyric that I didn't like, my lifestyle is my death style. Okay. Why it makes sense though. The way you live is the way you. Uh, you know, I mean, if you live a shitty life. Know. You got a shitty end. Yeah, yeah. But you, you know, know, you gotta you gotta fit it in four bars, man. You gotta Yeah. You gotta, hey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's and a you lot gotta of do that. that. <laughs> there's a lot of Ooh, that. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So and you know what? I can appreciate the intention of the band to make like a stripped down sound. The problem is Bob, Bob Rock isn't a stripped down kind of producer. That's uh, right. The yeah. only the only bad thing I can say is that there's no guitar solos. You know, that's a big problem. Like, it's 
really a big problem for me. Well, that was a thing in the documentary. He didn't want to do any solos either. Yeah. I don't want to do no solos, guy. I want to serve the song. That's what he was saying. So, dude, yeah, he was making some weird intellectual. Like it was. I think the, this is what happens where I realize like how basic I am and how level three thousand uh, Kirk Hammett is. He was like everything. If we do solos, everything pretates the solos. I was like, what is he talking about? Either I'm really stupid, or or he's too it, high. He, he's too <laughs> high because <laughs> this makes no sense whatsoever. But um, yeah, I, um, and you know, and that was my problem. And I, prior to you know just recording, I was listening to the entire album, and um, it's it's. The, it's sad but me, true. Yeah, it's sad but true. That's for sure. But the other thing I would add upon is what disappointment means in life. Disappointment. Means- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's the Unforgiven album, right? So, yeah. Yeah. So what basically what disappointment means in life is that what things could have been. That's what basically oh, well. disappointment is. And if you listen to this album, and you just, I mean, really, just without any prejudices prior to it, I can totally see an album that would have destroyed, that would have just plain old destroyed if they just sat down and let it, you know, thought about it more. Like, okay, yeah, the drums, can... the drum sound is like some kid so, no, hitting Bartian. But yeah, you know, tang, 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 tang. Like, what the hell is he doing, man? I think the you, yeah the that's that's another thing like you know Ulrich is he has complex drumming style yeah and now he stripped it down and I can appreciate that I can totally appreciate that but had they sat down and kind of like you know worked on it more fleshed it out more it could have been a fantastic album I mean you look at Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds I mean they're not not, not a lot of people know who they are. You guys know right. who they are? Nick Cave and I, the Bad Seeds? No, I don't, unfortunately. Yeah, as an, as an Australian band, and uh, Metallica covered one of their songs too. They sing really, really dark stuff. Okay? Yes. But but the music is always done through vintage amps and vintage guitars, just like in a blues band or anything. But they're able to create, uh, not just uh, not tonally, but they create like an ambience, just yeah. using that. And exactly. they're able to make it dark. Yeah, so... So I was, yeah, I was expecting more out of uh, yeah. Metallica because, you know, they're Metallica. So give us some of that, you know, Fast and Furious, you know? Yeah. But nah, so, it was a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, it was, that was exactly what it was. It was like, wow, this could have been so much more. I wanted, and it's, it's like a failed relationship. That's, That's exactly why they had that documentary, man. In case this fails, people buy the documentary. We'll cover our... Cover our hey, books, I, I guess. I, I, yeah, I bought a Blu-ray, <laughs> Blu-ray copy. It's in my house in Windsor. Stock, man. This is, everybody's <laughs> buying their mother's house, man. Yeah, so. <laughs> oh, I watch We're it. buying a documentary. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Cool. Like, Stock cords. Yeah. Stock. You know, the funny thing was, and I was reading about this, um, the intention of that documentary was that it was going to be like uh, an infomercial for the really? band for the for this new album like they would play it late night <laughs> so people would like it was, because you know metallica is not only a band they're business it's a business yeah yeah of yeah, course of course, of course. Yeah. 
So they were thinking in like, you know, Hetfield and uh, Ulrich were thinking in completely different terms. And they were like, yeah, let's, uh, let's try to go this kind of marketing, marketing gimmick with it. And again, look, look where we are. We're, you know, I think 17 years ago, this thing happened. And today we're not talking about the album. We're talking about the documentary. And we'll always talk about the documentary because it's, um, it's number one, it shows how the creative process works. Number two, it's just unintended hilarity. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and and unfortunately, this was... You control. You control with your actions, with your voice. With, you control <laughs> everything. I'm like, fucking hell, man. This guy is... Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> over and over and over again. Oh, man. I remember laughing at that. I was just laughing at it because I was like, these guys look like... What 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 is this? What is this? And um, <laughs> like teenagers fighting, you know, yeah. arguing. <laughs> and I remember forty year old teenagers. Yeah. yeah, at that time they were yeah they were exactly right. They were forty year olds. And the funny thing was when you were when I was watching that particular documentary, there was um, I had read um, Chuck Klosterman was reviewing this as well, and he had made a reference about that documentary was that. Um, Prior to the release of that documentary, he said that interviewing James Hetfield was like literally like pulling teeth out because he would not talk. But after the documentary, James Hetfield became open. You know, he started talking. Right. You know, he was. Um, I think getting counseling. Therapy. Yeah, going through therapy and so on and so right. forth, and the entire band became a better machine, so to say. Right. Right. Um, right. The bad, the bad part was that you know, you know, Jason Newstead left. Hmm. True. And that's that's a tragedy in itself. But and he's he hasn't came back, and he's loving it. And yeah. I'd like to add that uh, you know, not too long ago, Metallica got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. And one of the nicest things they did was invite Bob Rock, because the band still loves Bob Rock, you know, as a person. Yeah, yeah. You know, we can, anybody can go and, you know, poop all over Bob Rock, but man, he's the guy that brought this band into, you know, mainstream. Pretty and much. It, and despite, you know, like, despite what we say or do, remember, there's like somebody that's like four or five years younger than me, like say Ahmed's brother, Nabil, or my own brother, he, he's definitely not a Metallica fan, but. You know, for those guys, for that age group, Metallica was the soundtrack of their lives. Those Bob Rock years was the soundtrack of their lives. Like they went through their entire teenage years with those albums. So it means something very dear to them. I think that's a testament that of Bob Rock. Like he helped usher in a whole generation of metal fans. Right. Through those albums. Made the sound accessible. Mm-hmm. Was this the uh, soundtrack of your life when you were a young little bacha? No. No, no. <laughs> no, no. I think uh, at that, when they had released Load and Reload, it was more Rage Against the Machine, Soundgarden. Okay, okay, okay. Right. Pearl Jam. Right, right. Okay. You know, yeah, same, same for me. Yeah. Pearl Jam, especially. 
yeah. Time especially. And I would say I was more experimenting with hip hop and some other some other bands, but uh, yeah, there was at that particular time it was both basically Rage Against the Machine and uh, yeah, Rage was pretty good. Sound, Soundgarden, I think it was Rage. Yeah, Soundgarden second, Pearl Jam third. I think so. Yeah, that that kind of Smashing Pumpkins. I was listening to a lot of Smashing Pumpkins too. Man, I can't stand that guy. Sorry, I, it's okay. <laughs> I think I, oh god, he's polarizing. Yeah, yeah, very polarizing guy. I get his it. voice goes oh god yeah man, be quiet already no, but but the music ain't bad music is yeah. pretty good yeah. but uh yeah it's, uh, i wouldn't i wouldn't i would have, i can uh, i can see how that worked i can see someone else's perspective on that and i no but but uh, musically uh, lyrically it's pretty good i just don't like his voice yeah that that's that's really it i mean i know well, he's a bit of a control freak and all that Blah blah blah, mm-hmm. but just like what what I hear on the CD, I love the music. It's freaking heavy and everything, you know. Yeah, so nice. But but just that voice, it's like please just don't sing. <laughs> <laughs> just have someone enough, else sing it. Get Shatner to recite it or something, man. Just don't sing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. no, I, I I agree. I agree that there is there is a, a you know it's, it's not for everybody. It's definitely not for everybody. So yeah yeah, I wouldn't say anything bad. All right, guys. Should we uh, wrap up with the Metallica? Sure. I'm. Any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, I guess I'll start. Uh, I guess the Saint Anger was so bad that the next two albums were pretty good, and we'll cover that at a future date. Um, For sure. But yeah, it was uh, it was great to have you back, Atif, as well. And thank uh, you, sir. Come I back again, this. maybe for the yeah, come for the 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 last part of Metallica. Yeah, maybe we can sure. do that together. That'd for be cool. Sure. Yes, I enjoyed uh, this little. Uh, how do you say it? Uh, philosophy session over metal. <laughs> it was kind of yeah. nice. Everybody's like very uh, reminiscing about Metallica and the day and the bootleg copies. Ah, just remembered Shawarma's Saudi heat. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And those confusing uh, days of uh, childhood. Very nice. It's all good. It's all good. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks. And uh, Imran, any last, last words? Um, I would say that uh, if you like metal, um, please don't be a uh, arrogant uh, d bag douchebag, and please give these guys a listen. It's uh, you know, I mean, you're not going to like everything, but some stuff is actually pretty easy. And yeah, I just well, like to, I just like yeah. to add on a final note. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you don't, if you, I mean, not every Metallica song is for everybody, but uh, on the final note, these guys can play. Okay, I've seen them live. These guys are mach- they're a machine, man. Zero mistakes. Mm. nothing okay this is like a perfect set fast and furious i mean i challenge anybody to play a master of puppets and battery fluidly okay most guys can't do it and this guy does it while he's singing right so <sighs> yeah, yeah 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 so don't don't forget that for all the haters out there yeah you know it's like soccer fans right oh i hate this guy i hate that guy but they never play soccer themselves you know play the guitar try to do what these guys do and then we talk. Yeah, yeah. No, good point. Good point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely true. And uh, yeah, give it a listen. It's not bad. It's actually pretty easy. All right. Thanks, Imran Natif. This has been iRock City. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And stay tuned for the next episode. Mm-hmm.